We want to tell you about a Latina-owned travel company for the curious and mindful explorer. Alma Explores, owned and operated by Alma Tillman, curates one-of-a-kind small group travel experiences. From Baja to Chiapas, Alma sources local partners and guides that prioritize sustainability, supporting and uplifting local communities with each travel experience. Alma Explores offers invite-only small group travel experiences where she serves as your on-site host. Head on over to almaexplores.com and sign up for the newsletter to get an invitation. Alma Explores offers private travel trips for you and your friends, providing your group an intimate and immersive travel experience. Alma Explores can also prepare a custom travel itinerary just for you or can even help you plan an off-site meeting and retreat. Yes, we are even working with Alma Explorers for future Tamarindo events because we know Alma knows exactly how to make our vision a reality. Follow Alma on Instagram at Alma Explorers for her latest travel tips and for highlights from her tours. Alma has traveled to over 30 countries and has lived and worked in Mexico City, Guadalajara, Tijuana, and New York City. Visit almaexplorers.com to learn more about how Alma can make your next trip a success. Once again, that is A-L-M-A-E-X-P-L-O-R-E-S dot com and at Alma Explores on Instagram. Welcome to Tamarindo Podcast. Hosted by me, Brenda Gonzalez, a political nerd and nonprofit capacity builder. And me, Ana Sheila Victorino, a queer well-being enthusiast and mindset coach. We are a Latinx empowerment podcast discussing politics, culture, and how to keep your calma with well-being practices and self-love. Welcome to the show. What's up, Tamarindo Amiguis? Welcome to the last episode of the season. Of the year. Hello, everybody. Of the year. <laughs> so it, with this being the last episode, as we're wrapping up, looking at back at 2021, I was surprised, Ana Sheila, when you posted our little wrap up that we had 30 episodes this year. Wow, <laughs> that, that makes sense. No wonder we're so busy. So first off, thank you to everybody for tuning in for those 30 episodes that we were able to crank out in this uh, continuation of 2020, which is what 2021 felt like for me. But uh, to get started, and in this whole episode, by the way, folks, we're going to be reflecting uh, on the year. We'll get some input from some of our friends. But Anashayla, I'd love for you to tell me, you think thinking about this year, what did you learn about yourself in 2021? Well, the first thing I want to say is I totally agree with what you said about 2020 and 2021. And I was totally going to say that, that it feels like these two years was one year. Yeah. Totally. And I also have skipped a birthday. So I'm not counting one of my years as an actual Everyone's year birthdays that I turned. Were skipped, so you aren't special in skipping your birthday. <laughs> but I mean, I'm not counting it. I didn't turn that year. Oh. Like, what was that? Same. <laughs> the year I was supposed to turn, I'm turning this year. Anyway. Um, Which one? Right, what is so that, by I, the way? Because I have no idea. I have no idea how old you are. <laughs> Este, we don't we don't share that. No, we you don't. don't share share, then I'm going to keep not having an idea. I have no idea. I'm 38, y'all. I don't care. I don't care. I'm 38. Because I'm younger than you. I'm younger I know than you're you. younger than that. me. There's many references that I have no idea what you're talking about. So, yes. <laughs> um, but not by that much. Um, anywho, so I already knew this, but it sort of reinforced that I am in my head a lot. So that I'm just like an overthinker and... I, so I didn't, it's not a new learning, but it's more of like, that's something that I want to work on. And I didn't realize how big of a thing it was until, um, it's like what my therapist keeps wanting to work with me on. <laughs> and so what I've learned is that I'm trying to focus more on feeling into my body and my sensations much more because I get so stuck in my head. And I feel like in order for me to really like reach more of my potential in order for me to get out of my way in order for me to even like manage conflict better I want to find ways to get out of my head and so and well number one I realize this is a lifelong journey because I'm just an overthinker and it's always going to be true but I can work on it and so the way that I realize I, I need to work on it is number one working on taking things less personally and not making assumptions so those are the those are the pra the mind practices that I'm going to work on but in terms of like my body yeah like more como feeling into what does my body feel in this moment? Because sometimes like my therapist would ask me and I'm like, I don't know, I don't feel anything. So just connecting more with my body, more sensation awareness, more dance, more breathing. 
not a new realization, but more of like, yeah, like I, I need to work on this to get out of my own way. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> I'm definitely an overthinker. <laughs> I'm actually right now, I started this day with a lot of anxiety because it's Jeff's birthday. His Je his birthday was yesterday and I planned this get together and I really wanted to be conservative with the number of people to invite because it's difficult to get reservations for a large group. Jeff wanted to be very generous with his invite. So we invited more people thinking that, you know, people always cancel because everybody always flakes in L.A. Well, they didn't cancel. So now I have two <laughs> extra people and the restaurant will not accommodate changing the reservation. And this is my kryptonite because like it, it, um, I also overthink and I also want to make sure that everybody feels good and I feel personally responsible because I'm I'm the one that's supposed to organize this dinner. And I'm the type of person that when I go out to dinner, it, it, I am very aware and very anxious about where people are sitting because I want to make sure that there's good conversation. <laughs> I, I These things matter a lot to me and, and it could be that overthinking. And so I am under so much anxiety about the fact that we have two people over and the restaurant won't accommodate while Jeff is the exact opposite. He's like, it'll be fine. They'll find chairs. And um, and because it's his birthday, I'm not like, I, I have to just be okay with it, but it's killing me. So I totally relate yes. with, to the overthinking, to the overthinking. Now, I think you said you have one more lesson that you learned about yourself in 2021 that you wanted to share, right? But I wanted to say, yeah, I feel like we both have anxiety, but it actually, it's very different the way it manifests in you and yeah, the way mine it manifests comes out as anger and I'm going to murder you and bite your head off. But come <laughs> off to you. Yo soy enojona. I get angry, angry. And Jeff has to be like, listen, take a, take a beat, you know? And so that's how it comes out for me. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I think also different things make you anxious versus make me anxious. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that makes me very anxious. The fact that I have two people over my reservation is horrible. <laughs> like I'm freaking out. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, yeah, I don't get so much angry, like a little bit of angry. I think anger manifests in, in you a little bit more. I think it's a little bit more suppressed in me, but I, I close up a little bit more. So I get like kind of more quiet. I, I'm more like more like paralysis is yes, what I've, happens I've, to I've me. I've been on the receiving end of that. I've definitely and, seen the, oh no, time to wind up, wind up Anna Sheila. Unless and like, I, she's trying and to wind I've definitely up. seen your, your anger as well. <laughs> um, yeah. But anyways, okay. So my, my second lesson um, is really that the most deepest growth comes from being in relationships. That's what I've realized. I think it's when, you because you have to learn what's important to you, what you want to stand up for, what your boundaries are, the way in which you aren't the best partner at times. Um, so you have to like face yourself and also face like the things you haven't healed. I think that when you are in um, when you're by yourself, there's a lot of things you can sort of ignore right about yourself that require healing. And when you're in partnership, those things surface and you have like nowhere to, to you have to face them. And so I was reflecting on how, you know, I think sometimes we end relationships, not because they weren't good relationships for us or they weren't good partners for us. And, I, and, and this goes romantic and, and non-romantic, right? Sometimes we like want to end relationships, but we have to make sure that we're not doing that because we actually are wanting to run away from ourselves and things we want to face about ourselves and ways in which we can stand for what's important for us. Because if we end a relationship because we're running away from facing things like that thing is going to come back up again. 100%. It's still with you. It's still you. You're there. You're there in the neck, no matter who the other relationship is. Oh no, guess what? It's still in you. <laughs> right. So that's and a so, fantastic lesson. Yes. Right. Very so good I want to tell people like reflect on that. If y'all are struggling in romantic work, whatever kind of relationships it is really reflect on, is it you or is it the relationship? You know? So, that's those are some reflections that I've had for this year. What what about you, Brenda? What's a, a lesson that 2021 taught you? Well, I mean, I think 2021 taught me to be very humble because uh, I don't have a job. You know, I instead have five jobs, but it, it doesn't amount to anything. Um, by the time the year is over, my take home income will be maybe a fifth of what I earned the year before. So I've really learned to be extremely um, humble and just um, I, I, I've been in this really strange place where I am 
really struggling to find where my next place is going to be, where my next career move is going to be. So 2021 taught me to be humble. 2021 taught me to be thrifty. 2021 taught me to work a million jobs. (laughs) And that's what it's doing for me. So that's what I got. (laughs) Yeah. But anyways, enough about me. We got to get to our folks. But do you have a thought to tell me? Oh, I was just going to say that I'm also seeing you work on things that you've wanted for a long time. Yes, it turns out I'm super happy, but I have no money. So, so here's the other lesson for you all is that, yeah, do what you want, but also like you got to pay some bills. <laughs> so find a way to find both. And that's and I I have confidence that we it will happen. It's just that 2021, if I look at the year, that's what the lesson, the big takeaway is that it might take longer than you imagine and you might have to adapt. <laughs> that's the lesson that 2021 taught me. So anyways. I'll say one last thing about like, make sure that you know what your true, like what your mission is, because yeah, like sometimes actually pursuing what you really love is going to mean making less money for some time. So you have to know that it's really what you want, because otherwise you're going to, you're going to (laughs) quit. You're going to quit. Yeah. Yeah. And as as you can tell, even we're here kind of laying it all out for y'all and you can see that we are we struggle with it ourselves. And, and even though we struggle with it ourselves, we're still going to host an amazing event <laughs> coming up. We're going to help folks set intentions and it's a, a recharge for ourselves as well. It's always such a great practice. It's so great to be able to reflect on 2021 because really soon we're going to have that that time of year that often is viewed as a reset and we can start thinking about 2022. So want to flag for you all that we are going to be hosting our third annual, our third annual intention setting event. It's happening on January 18th virtual. So you can join from anywhere that you are at 5 p.m. Pacific time. And we have how, how to register. We'll have that in our show links. And we just want to give a shout out to Hip Latina for partnering with us for that event. So save the day for that. Now, uh, let me tell you what we got in store for you. So we're going to check in with some friends. First up, we're going to hear from Catherine and Rose from Latinx Lens, a podcast about Latinx representation and tell us about their favorite picks of 2021. Because I love to watch some movies, but these are some two Latinas that have watched even more movies than I get to watch and a lot of shows as well. So they've got some great recommendations for 20 of, of their favorite picks for 2021. And then we love to read. So we're going to hear from Jackie Gonzalez from the Traviesa Book Club about her recommendations. And of course, this is a podcast about politics as well. And we got to hear what is our assessment of the the first year of the Biden administration when we think about immigration policy. We've got an expert to help us think through that. And that's Eddie Carmona from the National Immigrant Law Center. So that's what we got in store. So let's first start with Latinx Lens. Hello, Tamarindo listeners. We are Latinx Lens. I am Rosa Parra, a Chicana Rotten Tomatoes approved film critic. And I'm Catherine Gonzalez. I'm a Chicana film and television critic based in Austin, Texas. And we are the co-founders and co-hosts of the Latinx Lens podcast, a podcast dedicated to highlighting Latino representation and contribution in film and television. We also review an array of films are through our unique Latina lens. And we are very much... uh, excited to be here uh, with you guys today. We've been invited to give you guys and share with you all our favorite uh, TV shows and films of 2021. I'll be doing TV and Russell will be highlighting movies. That's just where we fall. <laughs> yes. um, and I'm actually really excited to hear your top three because I, I do not know what your choices are. So do you want to get started? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so one of my favorite films of, of 2021 is Plan B. <laughs> um, This comedy follows two best friends, uh, Sunny and Lupe, who embark on a journey to obtain a Plan B pill, which is the emergency contraceptive in um, America's heartland. This this is a funny, emotionally moving uh, road trip film exploring female reproductive rights. Uh, It it depicts the challenges and hurdles many women face to access uh, these types of um, contraceptives, uh, the adventure. Uh, these two encounter are just hilarious and I wholeheartedly appreciated the accuracy uh, within uh, the accuracy of being a woman of color. They, they didn't shy away from highlighting the verbal harassment and microaggressions regarding uh, someone's culture. So uh, the dynamic between the two leads is just incredible. It's very much believable. Um, I, I do have to give a little <laughs> caution. It, it is rated uh, MA for, for mature 
mature audiences, of course, for nudity and sexuality. So just a little uh, FYI. And it's currently streaming uh, now on Hulu. And it's easily one of my favorite movies of 2021. Yes, that was one of my favorites, too. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, how about you, Catherine? What what are some of your favorite TV shows of the year? Yeah, so I'm starting with uh, number three uh, is Made from Netflix. It's a limited series created by Molly Smith-Metzler. It's a series inspired by Stephanie Land's memoir, Made, Hard Work, Low Pay, and A Mother's Will to Survive. And it stars Margaret Qualley, Nick Robinson, Anika Noni-Rose, Billy Burke, and, and Margaret Qualley's mom, Andy McDowell. I was really interested to see this one because I saw the trailer and it was also interesting because usually, unfortunately, maids are tend to be, especially on screen, depicted as Latino or women of color. And this was, you know, Margaret Qualley is white. So I was like, oh, this is different. You know, just from that perspective, it's like, a you know, very... I don't know, just a unique insight to, you know, how, you know, she she has a daughter and how she has to work really hard and how the system is against her um, and she can never catch a break, even if she's doing trying to do everything right. Um, I don't know. I just really like the way it was um, it was shot. And also um, like the narrative was really interesting and just something I hadn't seen before. And it is a tough watch because it's. It's not, you know, there is like um, domestic abuse and just, you know, again, like the system's failing. I am not going to do any spoilers, but it is a little bit hopeful. And I, I guess, quote unquote, enjoyed it um, for for that depiction, because I think it is important with the themes and the topics it was talking about in a in a different way than what we've seen before. Oh, wow. Yeah, that sounds quite, quite intriguing and something that that I should put on my watch list. Yeah, yeah. Um, What about you? So what's number two? It is the latest film from Spanish director Pedro Almodovar uh, called Parallel Mothers or in Spanish Madres Paralelas. So these two mothers are are Janice, who's portrayed by Penelope Cruz, and Ana, uh, who's portrayed by Milena Smith. They develop, they meet uh, because they have to share a room where they're both giving birth. Um, They exchange numbers and they develop uh, this friendship and then they, they develop this strong bond. Uh, we see the progression as the two mothers. One of them, um, Anna, is, is a teenager. So her experience as a mother is very much different compared to Johnny's. Uh, it's an engaging movie, perfectly paced. And in my humble opinion, without a doubt, the uh, most, the best performance here by Penelope Cruz Ooh. in her entire career. Ooh. Man, she's incredible in, in this movie. Okay. Um, it, it's very much impactful. It's visually stunning. In, in a very Almodovar's, Almodovar's unique uh, style, one of the best films of the year. Oh, I have not seen it yet, but I'm really excited because if it has your stamp of approval, then, uh, you know, we have similar taste on most things. So I'm, yes. I'm, I'm excited to um, see that, especially since you just gave, you know, Penelope, Penelope Cruz, like, you know, that rave review. So I'm very curious now. <laughs> yeah, she she's on top of my list of the best female led performances. She's up there. She's number one, number two. She's incredible in this. Oh, wow. um, yeah. So so how about you? You're number two uh, TV show of 2021. It is Ted Lasso's season two. For those who don't know, Ted Lasso is an American sports comedy drama. Um, it's on Apple Plus, and it was developed by Jason Sudeikis, Bill Lawrence, Brendan Hunt, and Joe Kelly. While Ted Lasso is a very positive character, it did tackle a little bit more of his background and that he's not always positive um, or that he's dealing with some major issues. And I thought that was really important, like, you know, mental health. Um, and then we see a lot of the other characters as well. Um, I just liked where it went, where I I thought I knew where it was going, but um, it actually goes in different directions. And so for a season two, that's really important, not relying on season one, um, you know, what worked in season one, but continuing to progress. I highly recommend it if you love season one or if you haven't seen the show at all, go binge watch it and you won't be disappointed. And you'll have two seasons to watch. Nice. I am one of those few people in this world who has not seen one single episode of Ted Lasso. Ah. <laughs> Countdown. Yeah. What is your number one? Come on. Come on. I- I'm not telling you. Come on. Come on. That's the name of the film. <laughs> come on. It's where? The I'm here. 
<laughs> Come on, cat, let's go. Johnny, um, who's portrayed by Joaquin Phoenix, he is a uh, radio journalist. And when his sister asks him to get after her son, uh, who is uh, his, her son, Jesse, who's portrayed here by Wooden Norman, they, they embark on a cross-country trip uh, where, of course, the nephew is highly energetic, but and it can be a little bit of a hassle to look after him. But okay. uh, what Johnny tries to do here is to um, show him life outside of Los Angeles. This is a very tender, emotionally gripping thought-provoking movie about life and relationships. Uh, it takes this psychological, philosophical, and nurturing approach uh, that that's bound to be a tearjerker. I was in tears halfway through and I just never stopped I was I was in an ocean in my of my own tears um, it, it takes a look at parenting the outlook of life through a child's or young adult's perspective and uh, quite frankly I, I did appreciate the concept of acknowledging and accepting that it's okay uh, to not be okay. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be angry. And not only that, but to express it uh, and let other people know how you're feeling. Found it relatively important considering uh, the society we live in, where particularly here, men are very often ridiculed and, and oftentimes prohibited uh, from showing any signs of, of, of their emotions because they can be looked upon as being weak or, mm -hmm. or, 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 or anything like that. So again, easily my favorite movie of 2021. The movie is currently now, um, it's playing in theaters and I cannot recommend this movie enough. Oh, yes. I'm very excited to see this one. Um, and especially since it's your number one, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was halfway through and immediately knew. Yeah, this is my favorite of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be in an ocean of tears as well. We're both criers. So <laughs> yes, yes. I'll be prepared. I'll be prepared. Thank you. <laughs> um. So. Uh, moment of truth, Catherine. What is your favorite TV show of 2021? The Mayor of Easttown. It's an American crime drama Ooh. limited series created by Brad Inglesby for HBO. And it was directed by Kreb Zobel and written by Inglesby. It stars the Kate Winslet <laughs> as the title character of Mayor, <laughs> a detective investigating a murder in a small town near Philadelphia. And it also has an amazing uh, supporting cast, Julianne Nicholson, Gene Smart, you know, Guy Pierce, Evan Peters, who actually won the Emmy and also um, uh, Kate Winslet won the Emmy as well. This series took me by surprise because I was expecting, you know, sort of maybe just like a, a really gritty crime drama, but you are following Mare uh, more so than, yes, you wanted to know the crime, but she is just such an interesting character and unfortunately a refreshing one because just in terms of like the representation that she gives off of being a woman and a well-rounded woman of like, mm -hmm. you know, she's wearing like oversized, uh, you know, like, well, it's cold in Philadelphia, so she's just wearing like her jackets and, you know, she, yeah. she has her hair up and she's not like put together little makeup but then there's also like the moments where you know she goes out and um she she does like yeah put a dress on and put makeup on and it just was like people are like oh my god you know like and it was like yeah that's what women do you know like we're not always maybe we're not always put together but like the the nature of her um her job is to, you know, go and solve these murders. So why would she have to be all glammed up? And that's how usually on-screen representation of these women are. Or if she's looking like this, it's a certain connotation around women. And so this was just like a real... Um, you know, representative look at like how, you know, women are. And I think that that was like refreshing, unfortunately. Um, and also it's just a really good show. Like Kate Winslet is amazing already, but in this role, like I... I, I couldn't believe that she like unlayered another um, like aspect of her um, acting abilities. And I was just like, wow, she was just so good in this that you you kind of lose, you know, even though, you know, it's Kate Winslet, like you kind of just she really loses herself in it where the audience, you know, is really going on this journey with her. And for me, mm -hmm. it was all about her like. I still can't stop thinking about her performance in this. While it could be just this one uh, season one, there could be, um, I would love to see like more adventures of Mare in like other, with other, solving other crimes because she is just such an interesting character and really important. There is twists and turns in the supporting characters. You never know what's going to happen, but I have to say she was one of my favorite performances and it kind of, it, I can't recommend it enough if you 
um, you know, want to binge it, it's on HBO Max. Nice. Yeah, it's a series that, of course, I've not seen, but I've heard of so much about. I've seen so many people on social media talking about it. And of course, now that you're, you're, the fact that it's your favorite of 2021 (laughs) certainly uh, makes me want to put it on my watch list and and so on. So, yeah, the fact that it's also an an awards winner, Emmy Awards winner. So, so that should say something about the the quality of the product. Thanks to uh, Ana, Sheila, and Brenda for this invitation. Incredibly honored uh, to be here. Let us know your thoughts uh, on, on these shows and films. You can find Latinx Lens over on Twitter and Instagram at Latinx Lens. Those were some great recommendations by Latinx Lens. Check them out. We have a link to their podcast on our show notes. And I just want to say thank you for doing that for us, Latinx Lens. Yes. Now, something else that we absolutely love is we love to read. We love to read. So, Ana Sheila, is there a 2021 book that you read in 2021 or at least in recent history? Because, again, like we like we feel 2020 and 2021 are just a big blob. Um, what, is there any book that stands out? Well, what is it? And tell me why. Yeah. So one that I haven't mentioned on the podcast yet is called The Genius of Jesus. And it really looks at like if you take away the divinity of who he was and just look at him as a human and really think about how he was a genius in the way that he created a movement that really, well, first of all, I should say a movement that I feel like has been corrupted and co-opted by religions. Like, I don't think his movement is reflected now in, in what we see in Christianity. But besides the point, it was such a large movement that literally the way that we track time is based on his life. And so it was really interesting to look at his genius through categories like power, grace, empathy, um, how he embodied them. And it was a interesting for me to reflect on the kind of movement that I want to be a part of and how I want to be in service um, and my and connecting with my own genius. Um, one thing that they mention in the book is how um, Jesus focused on doing good, not on being right. And I, I, I feel like a lot of Christianity is so focused on being, doing what they've, what they've determined is right, that they're actually not doing good anymore. And they're actually creating more harm than doing good. So that was one of the interesting just reflections um, that came up as well. So I'll stop there. I can go on. But um, what about you, Brenda? What's a book that really stood out for you? Well, on the opposite spectrum of this, perhaps, because um, it sounds like the, your book was nonfiction. It sounds like, right? Like, a, um, yeah. Yeah. So I and actually this is nonfiction as well. Now that I think about it, I love fiction. So I actually t- typically tend to read more fiction. But this was nonfiction. And I have mentioned this on the podcast before, but I loved it. And it's called Please Don't Sit on My Bed in Your Outside Clothes by Phoebe Robinson. And Phoebe Robinson is a great comedian, great podcaster. And this is just a really fun, light read. If you want to just pick it up, there's a collection of essays, very thoughtful and hilarious, hilarious writing. But a a funny observation that I have is I also I I love stand up comedy, especially if it's women of color. And I and I tend to go to a lot of comedy shows and I watch a lot of comedy specials and I watch Phoebe Robinson's comedy special on HBO. And I was like, how do you bomb your comedy special? I don't know if the audience just did her dirty or what, but this woman is hilarious. But somehow that comedy special was just off to a rough start. And I feel like it's your comedy special. They, they really need to nail that down. So who knows? But Aww. anyways, speaking of great books, we spoke to Jackie of Traviesa Book Club for her take on the best reads of 2021. So let's hear from her what her recommendations are. Hi, Jackie. We're so excited to have you here on Tamarindo. And let's get started by having you first tell us all about Traviesa Reading Club. Yeah, so Traviesa Reading Club is a digital community space. It's where we advocate, we amplify Latine, BIPOC, and queer literary voices and storytellers. And it was really born from wanting to reconnect with the joys in my life that I had forgotten about. My background is in politics, and I spent nearly 10 years pouring my life into that space that I kind of forgot who, what made me truly me. And so one of those joys was my love for cuentos, my love for libros. And so Traviesa Reading Club was born. Very exciting. Yes, we, we love all that you all the all of what you put out there we, we just and even the name you know the idea of Traviesa Reading Club is super cool so uh we invited you because we would love for your recommendations your favorite reads of recent times it doesn't have to be necessarily in 2021 but just sort of recent what are your favorite reads what can our folks 
follow along and go pick up a copy of? What do you recommend? Yeah. Oof. So this one, this one's hard because I read a lot of good ones this year, but um, I narrowed it down to a few. I would say, so first off, uh, one of my favorites of this year, releases of this year is by Ecuadoriana Americana writer Soraida Cordova, who's the writer of the acclaimed young adult series, Brooklyn Brujas. She came out with her first adult fiction novel, que se llama The Inheritance of Orquidia Divina. And What I love so much about this book is so it centers on a matriarch, Orquidia Divina, and the three generations after her. And it's really about the characters tapping into their ancestral magic, what they've inherited. And part of that inheritance being that it's both breaking generational curses, but also using the magic and the strength that was passed on to them by their matriarch. And so I loved it so much because it made me think about my family, what strengths were passed on to me and my hermanos. And it's just a, it's just a banger of a book and I love it so much. And there's so many elements um, about it that are just really beautiful and just felt very, very like home. And so that I- sounds lovely. I love it. Yes. So that's, that's a top one for me. Otro que me encantó was The President and the Frog by um, queer Uruguayan American author Carolina de Robertis. And this book is so special and beautiful. It's really a book of the times that we're living. And it's a fiction novel, but it's historical fiction, it's political fiction, and it's a retelling of the story of the former, you know, former beloved um, socialist president um, of Uruguay, Jose Mujica, also known as El Pepe. And it kind of, it centers his kind of life and it flashes back and forth between present time and prior to his presidency when he was actually, you know, this is the, the, the historical part, you know, he was in prison in solitary confinement for being a guerrilla and, and inciting revolution. And so um, it's really about how he finds hope. And the will to continue fighting for his people, for his country, you know, who imprisoned him, essentially. And by forging this kind of magical relationship that he creates with a frog <laughs> while he's wow. on solitary confinement. So I love this book because it poses a lot of questions that are relevant to like where we are as a society right now. You know, how do we find hope under tyranny? How can we draw hope from when society around us crumbles? And Like, what does liberation look like? Like, what? And, and these questions sound heavy, you know, and usually, you know, because we're living through a lot of them, sometimes it, it's hard to, to, to pick up a book that centers those types of questions. But, all that, but for me, I feel like Carolina does it with such a lightness and love that you can't help but feel like reinstilled with hope, like be reignited to just to keep fighting. And um, I really think this is one that I think a lot of your listeners will will connect with. And especially, especially from where we are right now and everything we've experienced um, over the last decade or so. <laughs> 100%. So that, that just so I want to make sure that folks capture. So what was the first one? What was the second one? So the first one, The Inheritance of Orquidia Divina. Second, The President and the Frog. Okay, great. And you got one more for us or a Un, couple more? Una más. Okay. Okay. And so the third one that I would that I want to recommend, I'm a graphic novel and like comic book fiend. And um, and I've been also like decolonizing that's that genre for myself lately. And um, one of the we'll have to mention this one and it's because I feel like it needs a lot more love. And it's unearthed. It's called Unearthed um, by Boricua American young adult author Lilian Rivera. You might know Lilian Rivera because she's written past books, acclaimed books, The Education of Margot Sanchez, Never Look Back, All Young Adults. And I love this graphic novel. It's her first graphic novel that she did with DC Comics and because it's a retelling of a, a DC superhero that um, known as the Green Lantern. And I love this story because this time it centers Jessica Cruz, who's a first-gen teenage DACA recipient girl who struggles with whether it's safe for her and her family to remain in the States. And she's obviously, for obvious reasons, vastly consumed by her anxiety and her fear until she begins receiving visions from like these two Mexica gods who are kind of pulling her into directions. One's pulling her towards hope, the other one's pulling her towards anger. And it's how she leverages kind of these dualities like with her experience and her family and ultimately finds that her superhero comes from, her superhero power comes from her family. And 
and she and she uses this to find her confidence in being a voice for her community. And I love this one because it's the graphics and art are so beautiful and empowering unto themselves, but it's special to me um, because I come from a mixed status family and it's it's the first time I've seen a mixed status family being represented in like the comic book space. So that's it's that's why I really wanted to highlight it and I feel like a lot of other, a lot of your listeners might want to, might connect with her story as well. One hundred percent. Yes, definitely. Uh, that that story just sounds. I can't wait to read it. I've never. I'm not one to do so much of the graphic novels, but you have inspired me to pick that one up. Yeah. And we will. We will make sure that in our show notes for this episode, we will list your recommendations and how folks can learn more about Traviesa Reading Club. But just to wrap up real quick, rapid fire because it's fun. <laughs> I'd love to ask you our our questions that we ask folks that join us often. One is first what. Let's go with the fun one. What goes in la basura? What are you done with? Person, place, thing, concept. What are you throwing in the trash? Andale. Yeah. No, I'm I'm throwing guilt in the trash. So no more, fe- like, I'm throwing the feeling of guilt. Like, no more guilt for fe- for prioritizing myself, for saying no, for resting, taking my time, like, fuera con guilt, right? This um, I'm throwing that away. And I'm also saying bye to my Amazon Prime account. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. we'll, we'll see how this goes because, you know, like there's a, a bit of a codependency on it. So, but that's by, that was by, by determination. I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to cancel that renewal. <laughs> awesome so job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so hard because I, I really work super hard to not use Amazon, but I have to say, my my guilty pleasure is that I love audiobooks and I love audibles. Yeah, yep. <laughs> That's the problem. Yep. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. We'll see how it goes. All right. So now what are you giving a matraca to? Okay. So what I I guess what I'm celebrating easy answer I'm like that I'm that this year especially I prioritize myself. I prioritize my healing and um I think the pandemic did that for a lot of folks but uh, and uh so it and it definitely hit me. So that's what I'm that's what I'm rattling my matraca to. Okay, here goes. <laughs> <laughs> and then lastly, how do you stay grounded? Um how do you it sounds like you've been been, been very intentional about self-care. So what does that look like for you? Yeah, my calma. So my calma is my my puppy, mi amor, my protector, Benito, and um, my partner for sure. And honestly, nothing brings me back to earth than like a good, solid dedication in a book. Like when I open up a book, like reading obviously is like, you know, eso me trae mucha calma también. Pero, um, you know, when I see like a solid dedication, I'm just like, Oof, I don't know. That just it makes me feel it helps it helps me feel connected and through stories. So um that's that brings me a lot of calma. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I can't wait to get my hands on some of these books. Yay! Claro. Thank you for having me. So next up, Brenda, you got to speak to the National Immigrant Law Center to assess if we are any better off today than we were with the previous administration when it comes to immigration policy. That's right. We're going to hear from Eddie Carmona, who is a friend, a friend from a past life. I have not hung out with Eddie in probably 15 years, but I love that we've kept in touch through the the internets. <laughs> and now we got it. We had a chance to chat real quickly. So Eddie's going to tell us all about immigration policy. Hi, Eddie. It's so great to have you here on Tamarindo. Hi, Brenda. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Appreciate the invite. Yes. Well, first, I'd love for folks to know what is NILK and what is your role there? Yeah, so I'm Eddie Carmona. Um, So um, NILK is the National Immigration Law Center. We're dedicated to defending and advancing the rights and opportunities of low-income immigrants through both litigation, policy advocacy, narrative, and culture change. And right now, our big focus, obviously, for many of your listeners who are aware, uh, we're, we're fighting for a pathway to citizenship for 11 million undocumented immigrants who call this country home. Uh, beyond that, you know, we're we're doing everything that we can to make sure that folks have uh, the ability and um, to, to thrive in this country, really, and to thrive, meaning just being able to access a doctor uh, for their kids, for themselves, have safe communities, access to education and the ability to live free from fear. So that's where that's who we are. And that's what we're working on right now. 
Excellent, excellent. Of course, right up our alley here on Tamarindo, we are all about immigrant rights and and providing all the resources and opportunities to have and recognize basically that immigrants are an important part of our country and have always been. Now, uh, many of us were really excited and and felt like a a breath of fresh air with the change of immigrant of administration this time last year. But now we're looking back, you know, we've had about one year of the current administration, and there's a lot of folks that are a little discouraged about progress when it comes to immigration. So I I would love folks to know, from Nilk's point of view, from your point of view, how should we feel like there's been change? What's what like, how would you assess the progress when it comes to immigration policy as we look back at the year? Yeah, that's a it's a great question, Brenda. And and Mira, look to 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 name it completely. Just be honest. Is like, you know, I'm currently the campaigns director for Nilk, and I'm also play a role in the immigration movement uh, across the country. And when we look at the previous administration under Trump, obviously it was a full frontal attack on our communities. Right? We saw the intentional and systemic demonization of our communities to divide our country and dehumanize immigrants. We saw him leading from a place of white supremacy with um, him and his crony. And, and other politicians who continue to, to leave that um, and, and looking at the way he implemented travel bans. You know, I can go on and on the border infrastructure pieces around the previous administration. So um, as we look at this, this current president under Biden, um, you know, we started off with a, with a real vision to kind of like we start out the year to make sure that, you know, we kind of eliminated a lot of these these sort of. Um, draconian measures and the demonization of our communities. You know, day one actions included ending discriminatory travel bans, ending the public charge wealth test. Um, there's been key appointments to positions across agencies like DOJ, DHS, um, with leaders who actually have expertise and are connected to the immigrant experience across the board. Um, there's been commitments to fortify DACA, COVID response, all of these different aspects of the work, um, I- including stuff that in- incorporates narrative change around how we talk about immigrants in our country, right? Now, all of that to be said, right? Like this question that you're raising, it's like, but we still feel like there's like a lot, there's still a lot to do, right? Um, and that's because we do need, there's the Biden administration still needs to do a lot of work. While we've had some initial prog- progress in the first, you know, half uh, of the year, there's still a lot of work to build on the 21st, immig- 21st century immigration system that's really rooted in racial and economic equity and inclusion. And Biden, just to be honest with your listeners, is he's fallen short on those promises, including the border, um, kind of rely- continuing to rely on failed deterrence strategies, Title 42, which disproportionately harms Black and LGBTQ as- asylum seekers. Uh, we just heard recently again the Remain in Mexico expansion of illegal and inhumane policy. Um, uh, significantly made a choice to not only restart but expand Remain in Mexico, um, and because of that, tens of thousands of people are subjected to grave danger and 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 really don't have their rights under the the asylum protections in the U.S. So all of these harmful policies that that the Biden administration has continued to sort of stand up and and uphold um, just shows how much work that still needs to be done, not only within the administration, but also in Congress as well. Um, And and really as as frustrating and unacceptable as it was that we haven't seen more progress, there's still, though, like that big difference from the experience under Trump. And I think that was that was as me for myself as a movement leader, as a member of NILC and previous organizations, that was some of the toughest times in, in the movement. And and we still need to continue and need to continue to move the ball forward with the Biden administration to address all of these concerns. And the biggest one right now that the administration needs to focus on is uh, securing a pathway to citizenship for the millions of immigrant families and, and folks in this country who who are in this country. And we, we need to we need to make sure that there's a, a pathway to citizenship for them. One hundred percent. Thank you very, very much for that big picture, because I think it's really important that we ground ourselves with the very measurable differences that we have with this administration and the previous administration. And you did mention that there's work left to do. So how can listeners support NILK? How can we get involved? What are some things that we should be thinking about as we look at the year ahead? Yeah, we, you know, we need to keep pressure on on both not only the administration, the Biden administration, but also on Senate Democrats and and 
and Congress members, right? So you can your 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 listeners can support us at if they visit uh action. Um, do your part to keep putting pressure on our elected leaders to do the right thing. Um, they can email senators, can tweet at con- Congress to let them know that we need a pathway to citizenship. Um, we also have a, a, a petition to end cruel Trump policies and restore asylum access. Um, you can also donate to support Nilk's advocacy. As you know, uh, we're doing a lot of work with partners in, in the movement. Um, and by clicking on the Get Involved on our website, there's a Get Involved link on there that, at Nilk.org. Um, and follow us on social media. Um, you know, you can do an easy, quick search for us on social media and you'll see, you'll find us pretty quickly on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and on Facebook. So um, those are all things that we need to do. But I, what I want to say is that, you know, look, we need we need action. And I, I said this already, right? This is a campaign promise that came from Biden and the Democrats that got them elected. So we need to keep the pressure up. Um, voters chose Biden and the Democrats um, to move the ball forward on this. And this is was an expectation coming in the office. So we need your listeners and everybody out there who's listening to this podcast to continue to put pressure on them to deliver on their promise. Um, there's no other way about it, right? This is something that, that they committed to, um, that they need to continue to, to push forward um, and make sure that they they focus on this and this that this being a priority for the administration and for members of members of Congress and Senate leadership. Beautiful. All right. So the big takeaway is keep the pressure on. We will link in our show notes all of those links that you mentioned so folks can get involved. And I just want to thank you so much, Eddie, for giving us that perspective. Um, I, I think it's important to think about that. You know, there's a lot of nuance in this conversation and uh, you've helped us see that a little bit. So I just want to thank you for coming to Tamarindo. Thank you so much for having me, Brenda. I appreciate it. All right. So, Brenda, as we wrap this up and before our rapid fire segment, I want to ask you, if you had a theme song for your life in 2021, what would it be? It would be the song. No tengo dinero, nada que dar. That is definitely the song for 2021 for me. <laughs> yeah. What about for you, Anna Shayla, if you had a song, um, a theme song for 2021 for you? Yeah, I was trying to think, and I think the song is going to be Sale el Sol by Shakira. Do you know that song? I don't. Uh, not that one precisely, no. But you can kind of, uh, so one, a main line says, Y un día después de la tormenta, cuando menos piensas, sale el sol. And that feels like, that feels honestly like 2020, 2020 and 2021, which again, we've decided is a combined year. <laughs> but, you know, I started the year having lost my grandpa who I love deeply. And for me, like that kind of represented like the end of a a phase of my life, not having any more grandparents Um, to then moving to Mexico a few days later with my girlfriend (laughs) and like the beauty and excitement around that, but still being very much in lockdown and also the growing pains of moving to a new country with, with a partner for the first time. And then being, yeah, the joy of being in Mexico, but also the grief of not having my dad with me. So it feels, it just felt has like, like a constant balance of like, you know, grief and then, you know, sale el sol, or even like with work, having very low moments where like, you know, not making a lot of money or not seeing like what's coming next and then having those low moments and then something amazing pops up. And so just like, you know, always el sol, the siempre sale el sol. I've always, I keep see, you know, I feel like that's been a, a theme for sure. Yeah, definitely. I really wish that I could bottle up the energy that we all felt in June of 2021 when it really looked like we were, was that it? Yeah, June 2021, where it looked like we were totally going to get through COVID. And then, you know, the other thing came, but there was so much optimism in June of 2021. And I want to bottle that. I want to bottle that optimism. So, I, I I feel that sort of optimism right now as we're concluding this year. Of course, we all know that you shouldn't put all this value to like that changing of the year. But I do feel at least this energy of the of el sol saliendo. Of, mm-hmm. of, I, I'm feeling a little bit more hopeful for what 2022 has in store in terms of the sun coming out and, and opportunities. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that is a great theme song. And I, I want to capture that optimism. <laughs> Yeah. And that, and that optimism mixed with like realism, right? That like we can be really optimistic and we're still going to hit dark moments and pero el sol es todavía va a salir, you know, and you can take a little joy from that. I remember 
there was a period of, you know, when I, when I had my, my, my a leak in my spine several years ago and I had to lay completely flat for, for, um, for a week, it, by the end of the day, it was, I was so miserable, so, so miserable. My back was hurting. Everything was felt terrible. And then somehow at the beginning of the morning, I had like, I felt renewed, like energy and hope in getting through the day. And so even though I was like in a really painful and like uncomfortable situation, the start of every morning really did give me como a little bit of extra joy. So good. Sal well, good. I hope that, 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 <laughs> that you listeners, if you're hearing this, that uh, that also is a nice reminder that el sol sale mañana y sale para todos. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, yes. <laughs> um, and let's think about, you know, we always do, we always close out our episodes with our fun little questions. We should have a better name for these. Matraca basura en calmas. I mean, I love that, but I don't want to call this segment that whole mouthful. So if you all have some great ideas for what to call this, let us know. But uh, let's, let's think about where these could be cumulative, what is it? Cumulative or not. These could be cumulative over the year or not. But what do you want to start with, Ana Sheila? I'll start with the matraca. Great. So I want to give us a matraca. So this feels cumulative. I have a hard time with that word. I want to give us a matraca for this year. Yeah. We decided, we committed to formalizing Tamarindo, making it a business, making it an LLC. And I feel like once we actually stated that and committed to that, you know, we had a Sonoro Network reach out to us. Um, we ended up joining them in 2021. And I just feel like we've had amazing opportunities come. We've had honestly the best year, like, you know, new partnerships, new partnerships, getting to uplift some amazing Latina led brands, getting to hear some lovely love notes from our listeners. Yes. Yes. I definitely celebrate that Ana Sheila. Great call out. Yeah. So, you know, y'all get clear about what you want and commit and you do have to, I mean, I know we were scared even to invest the the amount that it takes to start a business, but like we've seen it come back and pay dividends. So y'all invest in yourself, be clear and commit. Yes, enough <laughs> to, to feel like we're actually uh, um, getting some support in the costs that it costs us to have this podcast, but not enough to to, to make us feel like um, we can yes. let go of other things. So that's just, right, of I course. just want folks that's to the get next the step. takeaway. Yes. I just want folks yes. to take the takeaway that if you are feeling like you want to support this podcast, Please still do. Please still do. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Of course, of course, of course. But yeah, it, it yeah. feels it feels good to to what we've been able to accomplish this year. I'm proud of. I'm very proud of us. <laughs> yes, definitely. And it was tough to get to a weekly schedule. So 30 yeah, episodes exactly. is amazing. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, yes, yes. Um, great. Well, do you have a? I'm gonna just stick with you, and then I'll go. So, what about a basura? A basura. I want to put. Uh, I'm going with cumulative on, on this again. So I want to put in the basura. You know, I'm going to the, the Republicans, specifically Republicans like Matt Goetz, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Paul Gossar, whatever the, his name is, Lauren Brobart, all the anyone that has contributed to the extension of this public health crisis by fanning conspiracy theories, by comparing wearing masks to Nazism, just completely disrespectful by making January 6th be anything else, painting it as anything else other than an insurrection. By sending by sending holiday cards with their adorable children holding machine guns. Yes, these people are complete garbage. And I ho- had you go first because then I could just steal your homework. A hundred percent. Republicans are complete garbage. And I do use the entire party because the quote unquote normal ones are not holding these people accountable, these extremists accountable. And they're letting this this cult ideology led by Trump take hold of the entire party. So I am with you. Let's just dump them all to the basura. Yes, we I feels like a scary we're in a scary part in terms of where the direction that they're going in and what it means for democracy, um, which is something we'll have to explore in, on a later episode in more debt. <laughs> and we 100 percent will. It's in yes. the agenda. It's, 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 on the agenda. it's in the plan. It's on the plan. It's in the plan. It's in the plan. Um, and what about your calma? How do you counter all of that? My with some calma. calma. OK, so a few weeks ago. I got to see, and this is a calma in itself, I got to see a really good friend of mine that I have known since high school. And she said something just really, she called out something that she saw in me that was really tender, that sort of touched, I guess, on my, like, saw the innocent child in me in a way. And it was just really touching. And it made me realize, like, 
wow, like I can be doing that for myself. So I've been practicing, and this is, you know, we always talk about like, try have compassion for yourself, et cetera. But I've been really practicing being more tender with myself, like seeing myself with tender eyes, um, you know, looking at the things where I'm, where I'm struggling and where I'm doing well, like with the same kind of tenderness. And I've seen it make a big difference. I've seen it make a big difference. Um, there's a lot that I've been working through and it's really helped that I'm seeing myself through these eyes because I feel like a lot of times when we're really hard on ourselves, we just add more pressure and it's really hard to get out of like a dark place when you're putting so much pressure on yourself because like you feel like everything's caving in. But if you can just start by looking at yourself with tenderness, how you would look at yourself is if, if you were a child, there's like kind of like a spaciousness and an openness that allows you to sort of como crawl out in a way. So just treating myself with a lot of tenderness. That's, that's awesome. I'm going to, I'm going to practice that because I am horrible at that. I, I, I love to call myself all kinds of things. <laughs> I'm going to try yeah. being a little nicer to myself. Um, well, these are wonderful. These are wonderful takeaways from 2021. All right. So mine, mine may not be all that, all that deep, but that's because I'm stealing your homework and I agree with your, with the, you know, all that you have shared, but I'll start with the, um, I have a couple of basuras and they're silly, but I, I just have to Balance, balance it all out with some yes, silliness. Yes, I love it. I love it. So it, uh, we, Jeff and I were in Palm Springs. We were driving. We were driving back from from San Felipe. So we got through the desert. We were smart and decided to have lunch in Palm Springs. Anyways, we were in Indio. You know, there's lots of Latinos in in that part of town, and we were listening to this radio station, and it was playing. I think it was definitely playing Spanish music, and it was a Spanish radio station. But their little like announcement were like. Estás escuchando La Suavecita radio station in Palm Springs. Like it was like intentionally pronouncing La Suavecita in this annoying way. It was so, such garbage. Anyways, uh, so basura to that. <laughs> Wait, that's so funny. Well, you know what's funny is I always have to use that accent when I talk to to the Google Home that we have here to play music. Oh my gosh, I have that's to say exactly the Spanish the word. <laughs> you La have to suavecita. say it like that or it won't understand you. They don't understand you if you use a Spanish accent. Oh my gosh. Yes, precisely. That is exactly right. the, the tone. And then, um, <laughs> so that goes in la basura. And then I have a, another basura slash calma. So I've been getting, I, I get calma. I love TV. You already know this. I don't even watch that much. It's just, a, but compared to you, I watch more. But I do love this new show that I've been binging on Netflix. It's called House of Chocolate. And I like it because it's one of those like competitive uh, food shows, except for there aren't any like winners or losers. They're in a class. So it's actually very wholesome and sweet and minus. And here's so the calma I get. I get the calma from watching the show. But the person that goes in La Basura is this woman named Melissa. Like, even though this this show is set up to be more collaborative and about learning and it's not set up to like get you those gotcha moments and like those competitive moments that you normally see, which is why I like it. This Melissa lady is just like, for no reason, she's like, I'm not here to make friends type of attitude. She sucks. She sucks so much. And I, I was so annoyed <laughs> by her that I even went on Twitter to like, see, and literally people have gone on Twitter. Like I literally went on Twitter just to say how this Melissa lady is just terrible. She's horrible. So if folks are listening and you've been watching uh, House of Chocolate, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking All right. So about. she basically, it sounds like that lady is on the wrong, sh wrong show show number one yes she's on the um, wrong show but she's just like sangrona <laughs> and mean for no reason Ew, but annoying. also how do they make it i mean that's so interesting to have like sort of like a game show without like there is no winner so like it's really just like on how people are progressing well and they improving. will there will like, be like how do they somebody, make it interesting it's, not, it's not cutthroat it's not cutthroat and it's not like people don't get eliminated so it, it, okay. and there is a winner because somebody does get to take home fifty thousand dollars but it's really it's really more about learning and and beautiful mm. people. And they did a great job on getting a really diverse set of people. The guy that's killing it. I haven't finished the whole show, so um, who knows how it ends up. But the person that is really doing really well is a Latinx person, a queer Latinx person. Uh, it's a it really great cast. So definitely check it out. I think there's some of these food network shows or like these food competition shows that are great. I love that one. I also love yeah. um, Nailed It. <laughs> I was going to, I was great. about to say, well, first of all, as always, you've sold the show. I'm going to watch it now. <laughs> but two, I was going to ask you if you had watched Nailed It because I think it's hilarious. Of course, Especially, I love but Nailed you gotta watch It. And I love, I love that comedian. <laughs> She's fantastic. 
Um, and she has a comedy special. Nicole Byer's comedy special is brilliant. It's so funny. Watch it out. Watch it now. It's on Netflix. Watch it so, out. So she's, there's all- she's so good. There's also a Nailed at Mexico, which I want to recommend you watch this because you'll see the Mexican humor and how it's, uh-huh, it's take, different. I'll have to check but it out. For y'all, um, but then, real quick, for should we mention, just real quick, for people that have not seen the show, basically they give you an incredibly hard baking task and what you're going to come up with is going to look like shit no matter what. So it's kind of like hilarious it's what so they come silly, up with. And it's so, yeah, I, I love it. I love it. And Nicole Byer's humor is, the, is like the beauty of it. If you like that show, you're going to love House of Chocolate. It also has like a French guy. So yeah, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. And I, um, so I guess I took care of my calma slash basuras, a couple of basuras. I guess it's more of a reflection. I just recently went to a celebration of life on Wednesday for a a friend that passed away, passed away suddenly. He was, it was, the celebration of life was on his birthday, on his 45th birthday. And um, my interactions with him were not that much. We, We had a lot of friends in common. So a lot of the folks that were at this celebration of life knew him much more intimately, but this was just a, a beautiful human being that was, um, just ex- ex- extremely positive, just wore rainbows from head to toe. His hair was colorful. His personality was col- colorful. He was a bigger than life person. Um, and w- what I'm sort of reflecting on is, first of all, um, the impact that he had, because there were so many people that were there t- together to celebrate him, but also just kind of mourning a life that that I we've grown out of, I guess, in terms of our age and stages of life. But the group, the group of people that I've met, this, these are people that I met through Jeff and I've been with Jeff, like it's almost four, I think we've been together almost 14 years, something like that. So years ago, but it's this universe that Jeff opened up for me of going out to music and going out to these amazing all night events that are just like just electric from the music to the interactions, to the humans that you meet, to the dancing and the bonding that happens on the dance floor. Just beautiful, beautiful people and beautiful energy that comes from those events. And it's been, we were robbed of two years of it because of COVID. But even before that, I think our lives had just kind of slowed down a little bit. And so I'm mourning, I'm mourning that part of my life and and hoping to call in a little bit more of that. And so that's why I want you all to donate some money because I need to be able to afford to go to these festivals and go travel and have some music. But, um, Brenda, but that was just a reflection. Brenda, that was beautiful. And... You have to come to Baja Beach Fest with me because that was honestly one of my favorite moments of 2021. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. And I, you know, I've, I'm glad that you, that you got to do that because I know. I, I've been longing for that first dance event energy and I've gone to a couple and they just haven't, they've been flops. They've been flops. So I haven't had this magical return to going out dancing experience that I've been trying to cultivate. And I've tried, I've gone to a couple events and it just hasn't happened, but hopefully soon, hopefully soon. So I hope to get out to a little bit more dancing. Well, anyways, and that's our, that's our recommendation for all of you is to get out, dance, celebrate, but we, we got some housekeeping, some little announcements to just remind you of. One is that we deserve a break. So we're going to take a, a little mini break. It's not even that long. You go, you won't even notice that we're gone. We're taking a little break. We'll be back on January 12th. And we're in that time, we're going to be planning for some great ideas and different projects and act, ways that we can just maybe build more community, whether it's virtual or in person. There's so many ideas that we have. You can always reach out to us at contact at tamanindopodcast.com. You could still pitch yourself or pitch an idea because even though we might um, draw a skeleton of what the year ahead might look like, there's always opportunity to to mold. And, and, and we always welcome your recommendations, your ideas, your thoughts. So please reach out to us. And maybe yes, and we have a survey. Well, I was going to say we have a survey where you can give us more of those thoughts in an organized way that we can look at. <laughs> yes, surveys are so, are so helpful. And the, the special announcement for that one is that we will close the opportunity for you to be entered into a drawing to receive $25 for your charity of choice by Friday, December 17th. So do complete the survey by Friday, December 17th, if you are interested in receiving, being entered into that drawing. But of course, you could also enter it afterwards if you just want to give us feedback. Do that. And then uh, what do we have in January, Anna Shayla? Well, I think we should it already, but we have an intention setting event January 18th at 5 p.m. Pacific time. It's presented by Hip Latina. So you can go to our website and sign up under events. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good to remind you. Why not? <laughs> and if 
it hopefully will hold true to this. We did create a Spotify pl- Spotify playlist. By the time we're recording this, Brenda has not added her songs to it yet, but she will. <laughs> she will. And we plan to have that link uh, in the show notes as well. So you can hear the music that's been the soundtrack of our 2021. Yep. So that is it. But before we go, we want to thank Marisa Ramirez, coaching and consulting, a contributor to Tamarindo Podcast. Marisa is a third generation Chicana facilitator, coach, and a deep believer in justice and liberation. She supports BIPOC leaders through healing centered coaching and organizational teams by co-creating spaces that move us to a more inclusive and thoughtful world. You can check out her work at marisaramirez.consulting and Marisa is spelled M-A-R-I-S-A. So with that, we will say goodbye. Bye. And here's we'll some y'all. to the Sonoro team for working with us this year. Thank you all so much. Yes, write we us appreciate a you. Please write us a review on Apple Podcasts. Please share this episode with a friend and we'll be right back in your ears. Yes, that is a perfect gift. Yes. All right. Hasta la próxima. Pon tu suéter. Bye. Bye. Tamarindo Podcast is Brenda Gonzalez and Ana Sheila Victorino. Our producers are Mitzi Hernandez and Augusto Martinez of Sonoro Media. Our theme song is by Jeff Ricards. If you want to support our work, please rate and review Tamarindo Podcast on Apple Podcasts and share this episode with a friend. Get in touch with us at tamarindopodcast.com. Cuando mi arrendador dijo que el alquiler podría ser más barato si fuéramos amigos con beneficios. Había oído hablar de acoso sexual en el lugar de trabajo, pero en mi casa eso es discriminación en la vivienda basada en el sexo. La gente de bienes raíces dijo que estaríamos más cómodos viviendo en un vecindario diferente con gente como nosotros. Por suerte conocíamos nuestros derechos. Es ilegal asustar a los posibles propietarios para que se alejen de ciertos vecindarios en función de raza o nacionalidad. Si usted cree que sufrió discriminación o tiene preguntas sobre sus derechos, comuníquese con Fair Housing Foundation, Fundación de Vivienda Justa, al 800-446-3247 o también en línea en fhfca.org. La vivienda justa es su derecho. Este es un anuncio de servicio público de Fair Housing Foundation y respaldado por el Departamento de Vivienda y Desarrollo Urbano HUD bajo la subvención de FIPPI, FPEI 220099.